What a beautiful day it is to be alive today. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope everyone's day, I hope everyone's week has been amazing. I am so excited for today's EP. It's going to be covering things which I haven't touched on in previous episodes. Um, I'm not going to be talking about fear a lot. I'm not going to be discussing motivation. I'm going to be talking today about being ourselves, how to be yourself, how to be comfortable in your own skin. I want to talk about the meta, the metaphorical masks that we all wear. And for me, my number one motto in life is always being myself, no matter the situation. Okay. And this wasn't the case a few years ago because I had a lot of fears and I had a lot of doubts and those two things prevented me from showing my true self. Now, when I say I'm myself in in all the situations, of course, I consider other people's feelings in the process because being loving and kind are also very important mottos of mine. Um, but for the most part, what you see with me is what you get. and. This is no different when I'm making every episode of Bites of, of Wisdom. I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to impress anyone by sounding smart um, or by using complex words. And I'm not here teaching anything I haven't experienced at some stage in my life. And everything I preach, I practice. Because for me, I don't think it's fair if I'm talking to you guys about overcoming your fear if I'm not making a conscious effort to work on my fears and develop myself. Um, and yes, I do have fears. My biggest fear is probably not, not having the impact that I want to have on this world. Okay, For me, I see a lot of things which I, I would like to change. Um, and I definitely need the help of as many people to do this because I'm, I'm one person and, and I believe I've got a, a beautiful mind. But... 10 beautiful minds are more powerful than, than one mind. Now, in saying that, I'm not trying to impress anyone and I do agree that some episodes are content heavy and sometimes I talk about topics and introduce, I introduce concepts that, that are not typical of, of everyday conversation that you that you might hear on the streets or in a cafeteria or in the workplace but this is me being me from the information I present to the way I present it and I personally love to talk about meaningful topics and I personally love to think deep into things and over the last few years I've really taken an, an initiative to really challenge myself to go outside of my comfort zone when I'm talking to people, whether it's family members, friends, or just random people that I meet, and I'm someone that likes to push the boundaries, okay? I, I really like not to push people. Sorry, I do like to push people. I don't like to push people's buttons, but I like to push people's boundaries. I like to make people think outside of the square, and I like to talk about things that are not that are not typical of your everyday topics like 
the weather or the party or going to the club or work or just the mundane rut of things. I, I like to talk about meaningful stuff, okay? And talking about the meaningful stuff and putting myself outside of my comfort zone has really taught me about other people and their way of thinking. And it's a win-win situation because it's helped me grow as a person as well. Because if I know what makes particular people tick, then I'm learning about those people, which in turn teaches me how to interact with those people, okay? And sometimes when I get into these deep conversations, people look at me and, and wonder, what are you going on about? And sometimes, people walk the other way um, especially when I start talking about the universe or when I talk about creation or when I talk about the solar system or when I talk about topics that require vulnerability um, I was talking to a gentleman a few days ago about a veter about a very vulnerable topic and I think I hit a nerve somewhere because I noticed his body language he just couldn't wait to go not because I'd said anything wrong I didn't think I said anything wrong, but I, I'm i pretty sure I said something that hit a nerve with him because his body language changed straight away and he said, look, I've got to go. Now, when, I, when I'm talking to people and people don't want to talk to me about particular things, it doesn't really bother me and, and I don't really focus too much on that. And I'm not saying this because I'm not a caring person. I'm very aware of who I am as a person and I know that I'm a very caring and an empathetic human being. We all are. I don't believe anyone is born evil. Just some of us have... We've forgotten how to be empathetic. We've forgotten how to be loving. We don't know how to be kind because we've got to look at our past experiences. Okay? Past experiences are very, very important. I can guarantee any person that the way they are now is the result of their past, especially the traumas we hold as children. Um, and look, I can't control how every person perceives me or thinks about me, and, and I don't want to do this because worrying about what he and she and they said about me, well, it's not going to help me live an authentic and fulfilling life and my biggest responsibility is to be myself. That's all I know how to do is be me while treating other people with respect. And if I feel like I've done something wrong to someone, I'm the first person to say sorry. Even if I haven't done anything wrong to someone, I'm happy to put my ego aside and, and to resolve the conflict. But there's a difference between doing that and letting people walk all over you because sometimes people misconstrue that for not being not being kind people say you're not being kind when in essence you are being assertive and you're sticking to your to your morals and your values and, and there's nothing wrong with that and yes I do love talking about meaningful stuff and I'm a very deep person but if you're around me throughout the day I'm I'm joking 90% of the time and I'm being silly and I'm having a great laugh and I've decided to take a permanent holiday from being serious um, 
I remember when I was serious a few years ago, it was like everything was very tense and I was on a mission and things had to get done this way. And I still am a super motivated person and I'm a very driven person, but I, I try and not take life too seriously. And if you listen to my dialogue closely, I'm a very goofy human being. Um, I know that about myself and and other people have made that comment and, and I say what's on my mind. I'm extremely comfortable in my own skin and the way I am on my podcast is how I am in person. A mix of simplicity and complexity and if someone was to ask me to describe myself in one sentence I, w- I would say I like to think of myself as, as painting and Here's the reason why. Now, if you look at painting, it's nowhere near as challenging as proficiently playing the guitar or playing the piano or the violin. Painting is relatively easy. You just got to dab the brush with the color of your choice and off you go. But if if you think about it more carefully, there's more painting to, to just dabbing the brush and going. Um, when you paint a room, for instance, you need to choose the color you want. You need to determine how much paint you need. You need to mix the paint correctly. You need to um, apply the first coat. You need to use the correct painting techniques. You've got to use the right brushes and you've got to apply the correct number of coats and so forth and so forth and so forth. Um, and in saying this, I, I believe every single one of us is simple and complex, like painting. Um, there's, I think, seven point something billion people on planet Earth, and yes, we share 99% of the same DNA. But if we have a look at that, there's, uh, I think, two or three million differences between my genome and anyone else's in the world. So. There can be no argument against this. This means every person is unique, which means every single one of us has so much to bring to the world. And I feel like so many of us are not really showing our true colors because we've created this this sense of too many personas. And I'll break down what I mean a bit more now. The word persona means mask okay so a persona means mask and this word it came about in the 20th century when it was a time where it was a time where theta was very prominent okay so theta was very popular in the 20th century and during this time people in charge of the theta the playwrights they would use different personas they would use different different masks to change a person's or to change a character's personality so they would either underemphasize a personality or, or accentuate it and let me explain what i mean so okay if if the playwright wanted to create a character okay and the character was at first, they wanted the character to begin by being a goody-goody, OK? 
okay so at first they're very loving and they're very kind and they are displaying those particular characteristics but as the play develops the the plot the plot start the plot starts to change and then because the plot changes they turn evil if you think of Othello um, Othello is a perfect example where his ambition for power changes him okay so his moral compass gets skewed and this was Shakespeare's way of accentuating and underemphasizing a particular character straight and accordingly if you watched if you were to watch Othello uh, the character plays a role and they act and behave accordingly now if we fast forward to today we all continue to wear masks in this metaphorical sense the mask we wear at home it's significantly different to the mask we wear with our friends at work when we visit a doctor a lawyer or an accountant and I believe this is the reason so many of us are not showing our true colors because when we have too many masks it makes sense that we lose sight of who we are as people and I'm not saying that this is the case for a hundred percent of the population but for a lot of us this is what's happening okay and this is especially true of someone who is wearing the mask that their parents told them to wear when they were a young person you hear it so often people are in professions because it was the right thing to do or because they were following in the family tradition the man who becomes a doctor because his dad was a doctor and his grandfather was a doctor and his great-grandfather was a doctor um, when in reality this person just loves to paint and wanted to go to art school and look I'm not saying that having different personas is a bad thing if you study the most if you really just study the behavior of the most intelligent and successful people those people can adapt to any situation because they can put on the persona required for that situation but the trick is they never get attached to them and what I'm saying here is is I believe it's so important for each of us to wear the mask that makes us feel comfortable the mask where we can thrive in the mask which brings energy to our life um, and if you've got to wear a mask for a contextual reason go for it but don't get too attached to it always revert back to the one that allows you to express your true self and someone said to me the other day Ed you'd be so positive all the time what about if I take your music away from you what if I take your guitar and I, I thought about it I thought man that's that's a fantastic question in the big scheme of things if I was to never play guitar again would I be angry I wouldn't be angry would I be upset I, I definitely would be upset because of the amount of time and effort I've invested into it but the guitar is not it's not a part of me my heart is a part of me my legs are a part of my body my my brain is a part of me my kidneys are a part of me but the guitar is not part of me it's a big part of my life but that's not a part of me and in the big huge scheme of things 
is, is it the end of the world if I couldn't play guitar anymore? I thought about it. I would probably be upset for a few weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months. I don't know. I'm not putting a timeline to it. But given my mentality, I am pretty sure that if I don't do this, then I will be able to do something else. Okay? Now, the masks we wear is, is one factor which is not allowing us to be our true selves. But another huge factor which is preventing so many of us from showing our true colors from being ourselves it's it's our excessive use of technology and look I'm, I'm all for the advancements that have taken place in the last two decades three decades four decades five decades since the industrial revolution there's been so many amazing advancements and but I feel like we're going backwards in so many facets of life as a civilization. Depression and suicide rates, they've never been higher than they are now. The use of antidepressants across the globe for people feeling depressed or for people feeling stressed or for people feeling anxious, it's, they're so rampant. And all you've got to do is go on a Sydney train or watch people walking on the street so many people feel down and they look down and and you speak to people and and they say oh look life is stressful and feel like we don't belong and as a globe we've lost we've lost touch with reality and i'm not being rude by saying this but this makes perfect sense to me it's not possible for me to know anyone especially myself and connect with others if we are spending all day on our gadgets don't get me wrong some people can use their gadgets all day and are amazing humans not that all humans aren't amazing but they can still show empathy and they can detach from the technology when they need to but for the most of us this is not happening the technology is really affecting us especially the young generation um, but even when we're with other people if you go to a restaurant, you go to a cafeteria, you go, you watch people on a date or you watch people walking besides the ocean, everyone's got their phone in their hands. And, and I really want you to think about this for a second. Like really, really think about it. The generation we live in now, we haven't experienced comforts. Like we haven't experienced comforts better than this. No other generation has has had pleasures and comforts that we are experiencing now. If you want to go on a date, there's an app for this. You can do it at home. You push some buttons, you swipe left and right, and voila, you've been matched with potential candidates. And this was me five or six years ago, well, a bit, bit more than that, maybe seven years ago. I was a big fan of Tinder, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with using Tinder, but I personally wouldn't use it now because for me it takes the whole fun out of going out and meeting someone. It takes the fun out of challenging yourself if you see a beautiful woman in my case or if someone else, if it's a woman seeing a beautiful man and going up to them whether you see them at Woolworths, whether you see them walking across the road and you put yourself outside of your comfort zone and say hello. Yes, they might say no. 
but it's not rejection. For me, I don't think anything is rejection. It's always a redirection. If that person says no, it's not meant to be. Try again. If you try 10 times and it's still a no, but you still feel a particular way, try again. Okay? Now, dating is one thing. If you want to eat, there's an app for this. Even if you live across the road from the place you want to eat, we don't really bother too much because someone will bring it for us. For me, this takes the fun out of walking across the road. Maybe you might meet someone and have an amazing conversation with them. Uh, maybe you might have a conversation with the, someone, with the person that's giving you the food, asking about how their day was and how are they going. And look, this is... Uh, people have told me I'm very old school because I like to talk a lot. And that tells me that back, whatever they mean by old school, back in the day, people used to communicate a lot more. And you don't need to be a genius to figure it out. There was less technology, so people made more time to speak to each other. And I'm not dissing technology. I think technology is amazing, and I use it myself every day. Every day. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I believe technology is amazing, and with it, we've been able to advance ourselves in unimaginable ways. Okay, this is the one of the ways is through the way business is done on a global scale um, the medical equipment we've been able to develop like um, magnetic resonance imaging mris uh, which allows doctors to detect cancer in its early stages but i, I see technology as as a double-edged sword where on one side it's helping us out and definitely making life easy in so many ways. But on the other hand, our, our own intelligence has turned against us. And because we, we rely on technology so much, we've lost the ability to communicate with others. We've lost the ability to communicate with family. We've lost the ability to show empathy. We've lost the ability to resolve conflict. We've lost the ability to develop resilience. We've, we've lost the ability to truly love ourselves and, and love other people and I know I'm coming across as very forward but I'm not here to tell anyone how long and when they should use their devices and I'm certainly not telling anyone how to live their lives every person is different and this is not what I am or Bites of Wisdom is about I'm sharing my thoughts on this platform um, and if you've got a business that requires you to take calls all day, then who am I to say don't do this, okay? If you use your phone five hours a day and this brings you true joy and allows you to connect with other people in a healthy way, by all means, use your gadget for five hours a day. Um, I've got a tutoring business now. It's not as active as it was. And sometimes I've got to speak to a client for 30 minutes about how they're sons and daughter is doing at school so not saying technology is bad but if something i say resonates with you then then give it a try you've got nothing to lose and from my personal experience i was able to rediscover myself and have a more positive outlook on life and be happier in my skin and really be myself when I started doing these 10 things and the first thing is spending less time using technology okay
Now, before I begin my spiritual journey, I would use my phone for hours every day, okay? Whether this was because it was a good way to kill time or to play games or to get my mind off challenging things or whether it was to avoid important work I had to complete. And because I used my phone all the time, I became addicted to the damn thing. If I didn't have it with me, I would feel, shit, there's something missing, where's my phone? But when I decided to limit my phone usage, I found that I was so much more productive in my day-to-day, okay? Um, especially when completing tasks I had to do because I was not frequently checking my phone and I found that I was making more of each day by being present in the moment Um, and I never ever ever I really 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 have the phone in my hand when I'm eating or speaking to someone that's a no-no for me okay very very unless I see the phone and I know that I'm expecting a call or if the same person calls 10 times and I would excuse myself to say, look, sorry, I've got to see what's going on. And these days I, I limit my phone usage to one hour a day, unless I'm recording music or I'm using YouTube to learn something, um, then I probably would use it for about another hour, but it's not two hours in a row. It's maybe 20 minutes here, 10 minutes here or whatever. Uh, the second thing I began doing was Spending more time in nature, oh man, I, I, I honestly love nature. There's something about it that is so amazing and it feels so good. And whether this is going on hikes or walking along the coast every day, whether it's watching some sunrises throughout the week or some sunsets, I found that when I was active for a few hours a day and when I immersed myself in nature, I was giving myself time to reflect on my life and work on ways to continue to develop myself as a person. And when I say active, I'm not talking about the gym, but I'm rather like being in nature where I am very present in the moment. And I still like to go to the gym. I'm still training a few days a week, I think four days, five days sometimes. But for me, nature was uh, was a, a big positive for me just because I was able to connect with my surroundings, which in turn enabled me to connect with my thoughts and to think about my day or to plan the day ahead. The third thing I began doing was reading more, and I'm still doing a lot of that. I I was always an avid reader. I would always read. I did a, a master's degree in psychology, and all we did was, was pretty much read. Um, but when I began my spiritual journey, I, I began to pick up books that I would normally discount because I thought, what's this airy-fairy stuff here? I didn't believe in the theme or the topic. But look, picking up and reading books that were on spirituality and universal energy and, and the cosmos, I, I really began to understand my experiences and I began to understand my energy in more detail and more clarity and it enabled me then to relate to people around me and their energies and their experiences which was a very very big eye-opener for me 
the fourth thing I began doing was expressing gratitude for the things I have in my life. And I've touched this on a previous episode um, about the importance of gratitude and, and the research and the significance that it has on physical and psychological well-being. Um, so I'm not going to go into too much depth about it, but essentially I started a gratitude journal where I would note down the smaller the smallest things I was thankful for in my life and by writing down and by focusing only on the positive things in my life I began to attract only positive things and experiences in my life very very simple like for a like um, and I found that I became I became more solution oriented because I was always in a clear mindset um, and when I was in a clear mindset, I was able to think more clearly about the things that were in front of me that were potentially challenging. Okay, so it always gave me gave me a roundabout solution to overcoming certain obstacles. The fifth thing I started doing was helping others. Okay, and I'm not saying helping others in an up myself manner. I'm saying genuinely helping others from the bottom of my heart, whether this included giving people food, whether this included donating my clothes or books that I no longer used, or even very simply giving my time to someone who was going through a tough time, or seeing a lady with a pram, um, where in the past I wouldn't take the initiative to do this. Um, and I set myself the challenge of doing 10 to 15 nice things a day for 10 15 different people okay whether they were strangers or people I knew and and I got so much joy out of seeing people happy okay and I was never walking around just throwing money away or giving things for the sake of giving them but I gave them because I felt it was the right thing to do okay I felt as though we all have a responsibility okay if you're on this planet You've got a responsibility to be in service of other people. Everything you do, yes, you do it to make money and you do it to support your family, but any service you provide, you provide it to other people. Okay? It's a universal law of giving and receiving and what we dish out, it's going to come back to us in, in one form or another. The sixth thing and the seventh thing are closely related. So the sixth thing I started doing was asking for help when I needed it. And this ties closely to the seventh thing, which was trying new things I was afraid of doing. Um, and this was a big challenge for me because I was traditionally ego-driven and I didn't need anything from anyone. But I slowly started asking for help, especially when I started trying new things like playing on the streets or at music venues and I was very nervous about it. I would ask close friends to come and watch me play. I would ask for their feedback um, when I was writing some music just to see how it sounded to them. And once I opened myself for help, Okay, the universe began sending more people my way who are willing to help and support my plans and my ambitions. The eighth thing I started doing was meditating. And this is probably the most 
powerful thing that I started doing which had such a huge impact on my mind and ultimately my life and I would spend one hour a day in meditation and at first it was a very challenging thing because I I was not used to sitting still okay I'm always on the go I still always am on the go but I can dedicate X amount of hours every day to play music. I can dedicate X amount of hours every day to work on my pod- podcast. I can dedicate X amount of hours a day to reading and I use my days more productively. And after a few weeks of practicing meditation, I, I began to to feel its effect and I was more present in the moment and meditation was such a powerful tool for me because it gave me the time to sit still, okay? To take a break from the hustle, to sit in silence and to listen to what my inner being was guiding me to do in life. And there was a lot of times where I experienced aha moments that brought so much clarity into my life. And listening to my higher self enabled me to take guided steps towards the things I wanted to manifest in my life or towards seeing things clearly so I can make better decisions and a perfect example is when I should have listened to my intuition but I didn't was when I went overseas and before I went overseas this was in December I thought look I'm going to sell my car because I'm going to be living in New York for six months and when COVID happened and I was contemplating whether I was going to be staying in Turkey or not, I had to make a decision as to whether I was going to sell the car because I had a very interested buyer and this buyer made me a very good deal on the car. Now, I I accepted his offer verbally or through messages and I went on to the app to get my details and, and the app, the Commonwealth Bank app, it shut on me five times in a row. And my gut told me, Ed, don't sell the car. And I I didn't listen to my gut. And my gut is very in tune these days. And I should have listened because I returned home a week later and I had to go and source another car when the car I had was a perfect car. So that was a perfect example of, of meditation and how powerful it's been in my life since I started doing it. Although I still sometimes don't listen to my intuition, funnily enough. Uh, The ninth thing I began doing was I started to eat less red meat and bacon and meaty products and uh, kind of endorsed a more pescatarian diet, fish, rice, fruits, vegetables. And I, I come from a culture where meat, especially red meat, is we consume it very frequently, okay, especially at barbecues and this was difficult for me to give up because I I really enjoyed the taste of meat and not eating it. It eliminated a lot of, a lot of options at dinner and, and lunch because I, I made meat for lunch and dinner pretty much every night or every second night, whether it was chicken or fish. Um, but I began doing a lot of research on, on eating animal products and, and science, I found that a lot of the new literature it's showing that a lot of the cancers people suffer from are due to the amounts of meat that we eat 
and this is because they are injecting these animals with steroid hormones to pump them up and make them bigger which means they've got more meat to sell and it makes a lot of sense to me that if we're consuming the meat and the meat has chemicals in it then it's going in our bodies and it's gonna make it it's gonna have some effect I'm not saying it's gonna affect every person because some people have dominant genes some people smoke till they're 90 years old and nothing happens to them some people drop dead at 25 because they've been smoking for a few years but back to the meat I, I found that when I was eating less meat my my digestion improved significantly I had more energy and to be honest with you from an ethical point of view animals don't have to die for us or for me to be healthy and fit um, I'm not going to speak too much about the research but our teeth are not the way our teeth are made they're not designed to chew meat our teeth um, our teeth are meant to chew vegetables and fruits and I and our digestive system it's not designed to break down copious amounts of food which makes sense while we're developing a lot of the ulcers and the cancers that we are okay and the last thing I began doing more of was I, I began minimalizing the things that I owned whether this was materialistic things like like watches whether it was I had too many pairs of shoes too many shirts um, too many devices at home anything that didn't serve my life or my purpose I, I got rid of it and I'm not saying I threw it away I gave it away um, and I felt like by doing this there was less clutter in my life because I wasn't focused on the things that I owned and keeping sure that everything was spick and spam and it was working well and I had I think five or six watches that I own and I collected them I put them in a big box and I polished them and made sure that they were dust free and I got to a stage where I thought man why do you need five six watches for so I sold five of them and just kept my favorite one the one that I wore most often and I I felt or I feel like there's less clutter in my life now that I don't have a thousand pairs of shorts and a thousand pairs of anything um, but th th those were the ten things that I wanted to share with you guys um, if I've said anything that you can relate to or something that you've done and you think it's it's been a benefit to you then send me a message say look Ed I've had this experience and for anyone that's listening to this my Instagram is at Eddie E-double-D-Y underscore Nader N-A-D-E-R triple seven tag me along share your experiences and I'm happy to hear anyone's feedback I hope everyone will have an amazing weekend and until next episode, bye for now.